0: Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely, and I think even for plug-in. Recently, I was reading about a, a company. I think Soft, softer, S O F T R. It raised about two point four million by working on top of Airtable. So think of Airtable. They basically just built a platform on top of Airtable, which allows you to basically create websites off of Airtable create apps off of Airtable and they raised about $2.4 During the COVID-19, I've already seen a lot of companies that started building add-on translation, add-on recording, add-on meeting notes collection off of uh, Google Meet. You know, you can build something like that. Can you imagine caption for Clubhouse? For Clubhouse, automated uh, translation, transcript off of Clubhouse. Things like that, I would imagine there would be a demand for that for sure.
1: Hello dreamers and action takers, welcome to another episode of the Want Money Got Money podcast. I'm your host Sam Kamani and my guest today is Jamie Ang. Jamie is the founder of Matchcast and Matchcast is a platform that is changing the face of podcast advertising. So if you are a brand and want to reach podcast listeners, or if you're an owner or a host of a podcast, then this episode is for you. Apart from being a founder of a tech startup, Jamie is also a, an angel investor and she has extensive experience in growth marketing. So Jamie, it's great to have you on the show. would love to know a bit about your background and your story and how you started Matchcasts.
0: Awesome. Thanks. First of all, thanks for having me. My background's really a bit eclectic. I started as a, well, way back when I was in university as an economic student and went to the US to study film and then ended up as a marketer and then came back to Asia, back and forth in US and Asia, focusing on marketing. So I've been a marketer for a long time, since the early 2000s, so coming to about 20 odd years or so, but really started Matchcast, I would say, last year in 2019, 2020, early 2020, end of 2019, when the idea came about for Matchcast. Mm -hmm. And what was unique was... At that time, being a marketer, I was very used to building platforms for corporations that I work with, which is NTUC Link, Redmart, MySpace, TripAdvisor. So I've actually traditionally gone into these companies and built some sort of a marketing tech stack for them. And during the midst of doing that, I actually find myself building a lot of things for companies that I work for, but never quite something that I'm very passionate for myself. I decided to go down the entrepreneurial route after my last thing as CMO of NTUC Link, and then decided that I needed to find a niche that I'm going to be, I'm going to go in where my experience was somewhat lent to. And that's what I started MatchCast. Essentially, MatchCast is Asia's first audio podcast advertising platform. Why audio? So when I was looking at the landscape in 2019, I was thinking video's been there. It's everyone's doing video, some sort of video thing. And then there's all these social media platforms. I was part of my space team. I know how difficult it is to grow a social media platform. And I was just looking at the landscape. What is the next untapped Media. And I actually found radio to be an untapped uh, resource. I was in Hong Kong at that time and I saw the trajectory of how uh, a company called Himalaya is very different from everywhere else around the world. And as I studied more about the industry of podcasting, I realized that it is a growing media. But then the advertising side of things of in this media and in this platform is extremely complex, you know, very manual. And that's what we wanted to do very differently in Matchcast. We wanted to build a scalable platform in which podcasters, they themselves, could monetize their shows as a creator. But at the same time, brands and agencies would be able to use Matchcast to very quickly scale any form of audio campaign. Without the necessity of going through, reaching out to each individual podcaster one by one, asking rate cards, and doing it in a very, I would say, inefficient, manual way. And that's what essentially I started building MatchPass for.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. And it, I know I have lots and lots of podcaster friends. When I got started, I've been a, a guest on about 40 different podcasts in the last year. And it has been like all of them say that, you know, it is really hard to to monetize a podcast because it is not as developed an ecosystem as Google AdSense. So if you have a blog, you just put AdSense in or ads in. There's so many platforms out there that allow you to monetize it. But podcast is super challenging. Even the influencer space, whether it's Instagram or YouTube, it's a lot more advanced in that sense that there are agencies who do just that and they help you monetize it. But podcast is extremely challenging and the data is not that easily accessible. In Instagram, you know exactly how many views and all that. It's very easy to to track. Where is Matchcast at? Like how many users, brands, podcasters use it at the moment?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So if you look at Matchcast, we actually have a very strong data analytics background. So we actually track all across over 1.6 million now, but we're actually looking at about 1.9 million podcasts. And these wow. are podcasts that are just on the platform where we track on a regular basis. Obviously, you are right on the point, Sam, earlier about not being as open as like Instagram or Facebook, where you could actually go in to any influencer, look at the number of likes, look at the number of followers, and be able to ascertain its popularity and look at its engagement number. Exactly. It's really difficult. And you as a podcaster, you would know. Your data is all over the place in Spotify, in, in, in Apple Podcasts, in your hosting platform, and they are not all synced together. So where MatchPass is, the difference is that we take a very analytical approach to the data. And so right now we track about 1.6 million over podcasts, and that's about 47 million episodes alone. And that just surfaced within the platform. And then we have what you call as the ads network, marketplace whereby podcaster come on board and join us and we have close to about 10,000 of them all over Southeast Asia joining us and they actually means that they actually then give us permission directly to say that yes we have your data and we'll be, we'll be happy to share it. So with that in mind what is unique about the platform is we go beyond just whoever that's on board with us. We're able to look at the entire landscape and provide a synergistic view of how each landscape looks like. Very quickly looking at the landscape will give you a very good intel about what is happening in Singapore, happening in Taiwan, or even happening in Australia with regards to podcasting landscape.
1: Yeah, no, that is very yeah interesting. Building MatchCast, what do you what would you say has been your sort of number one challenge?
0: Yeah, it's a a great question. So I I, I think there's more than one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like for any startup.
0: Yeah, like many startups. We went through several pivots. We went through several pivots. And recently I spoke about this one pivot that we were doing. So we actually didn't start by tracking all these podcasts. We didn't start by saying that, hey, we want to just go out there and track 1.6 million. Crazy. Something that we needed to do because there was such a, deficiency in terms of knowledge of the landscape view in each country. Our goal was always to build in the initial phases was to build an ads marketplace, which we have done right now as a podcaster, you can come to Matchcast, add yourself to the platform, and and then same for the brands. And then you'll be able to create a campaign in which allows you to be matched directly with podcasts. So that was, I would say, the iteration one that we have done. But what we have done is also built on top of that iteration was that as that happens, we realized that we are also speaking to different types of brands and agencies. And, and as we go for that big media budget, we realized that we needed to provide more insights beyond just what our ads marketplace can do. Traditionally, if you look at ads marketplace, they're very reliant on whoever that comes on board with them. And they don't provide any more info besides the podcaster who are already with their network. And one of the challenges was we needed to show not just at our network level, but really at a global level, what is happening with the whole geographical landscape of podcasting. And one of the first thing is, hey, I love podcasts. I'm very interested about podcast advertising. And you, as a media person, you typically go into that mode. But I want to know what's happening in the market, like what's happening in Indonesia. I want to know what's happening in Taiwan or what's happening in Singapore. And if I really do come in to advertise in podcast. What is the inventory I'm looking at? What are the top podcasts? Who are the most active? What language should I be looking at? And these are very simple questions, but they are actually very complex to answer in podcasts. Because as what you earlier mentioned, there's really no key data point. So our second product is obviously a data product in which we built to actually give and provide answers to those questions, which basically a media company would then look at in order to actually exercise the option of buying in, to podcasting. So we have actually grown. So coming back to your question about what is that number one challenge, I think it's yes. continuously pivoting. We're, we're always looking to pivot the product so that we get better and closer to the customers and being able to get that In a traditional way, we always say product market fit. But I think yes. beyond that, there is a product market fit. But then within the product, there are there are Questions that the product need to answer, and I think we're continuously getting that closer and closer product market fit with regards to getting that specific brand budget specific to come into podcasting.
1: Yeah, very true.
0: We've also seen ourselves move beyond podcasts. We've also moved into really positioning ourselves as an audio advertising platform. Podcast is just one medium itself. We do see ourselves moving more closely towards the audio advertising platform yeah sorry my dog is barking like crazy
1: wants to join in the podcast i understand it's it's very hot at the moment
0: <laughs> i know he sometimes does join into every single podcast like by barking a little bit yeah
1: yeah if it it is a video youtube video you can definitely bump up the views if you have a dog in the video
0: <laughs> oh wow that's something good to know
1: yeah 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 pewdiepie with highest number of Followers, he sits along with his pug all the time. Right, <laughs> so right the pug right. is pretty cute, and there's a pretty much probably a whole Reddit page devoted to his two pugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what did YouTube start with? It's like dogs and cat videos back in the day. They, they're still popular. You, you can have a dog or a cat Instagram, and it will blow up faster than just a human Instagram or or TikTok or something. You just get them to do something funny. It's like people are more pissed off if a dog dies in a movie than a main character or a someone a human dies in a movie so <laughs> it's, it's all good
0: true, it's true it's true i do used to post some of that with uh, my puppy but i yeah i've grown out of that early uh, i know
1: i know early days of social media
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes i know yeah
1: sure. totally but yeah so i'll have to bring back my train of thought i have a couple of uh, or a few questions first of all is yeah. what do you think of clubhouse as an audio platform
0: Oh, great question. I think it's interesting. And I was just talking about this on another show just the other day. And we traditionally think that Clubhouse as a medium, so I I think it's fantastic. It's doing two things. I think that Clubhouse, I think, is doing wonderfully well. One is bringing voice into focus. So for the longest time, social media has always been a very textual, text-driven, words-driven kind of a platform. So we talk about social chat rooms, but there's actually no chat. It's actually about just typing words and you're typing messages. But what I think Clubhouse is doing is bringing the voice first and foremost to the front and really making a chat room where people are really just talking. Two things, second thing it's done really is we forgot why, uh, I think the ingrained part of Clubhouse is obviously it's formal, the formal mentality of being the first onto the platform. But then I think the other part is the reason why Clubhouse is such an attractive medium is because of the intimacy between people talking. We forgot in the the 2000 years when we were looking at MySpace as a a social media platform or even a Facebook and then later on now with TikTok, it's not much voice. It's not a lot of talking, a a lot of that intimacy happening in TikTok video. And I think Clubhouse brings that intimacy. People were telling me that the difference between Clubhouse is you feel like the person that is talking, you get a sense of who they are. Even though you don't really know them, you get a sense of me through my voice. And I think yes. that is the beauty of uh, Clubhouse. So I think it's interesting. I think it's bringing, it's doing a lot of good to the industry. Obviously, us being in a in a medium of voice and audio, I, I think it's done wonderful to us yes, yes. in the back. It's bringing a lot more focus that voice and audio platform could be a true contender to the traditional medium of video as well as social media on text. So I think that's fantastic.
1: No audio has some benefits that video and text can never do. And that is places like where I live, there is a lot of traffic. I spend one hour each way, two hours a day in traffic every day or most days and i can do podcasts and while cooking doing chores all that around the house you can do audio listen to it these days i go for a walk every evening and i listen to clubhouse and i participate in clubhouse or go for a jog on a treadmill clubhouse is going but it's very hard to read sorry read or something while jogging but listening and it's at the right time now because of airpods they are so discreet and they're just everywhere and it's just made a huge difference it is a pretty much a movement if people missed it i don't know if they have but it is only going to accelerate even a year ago when i started not a year like seven months ago when i started my podcast there were like a million podcasts now there's what 1.9 <laughs> It's growing so fast we're
0: actually looking at the new data it's a uh... Probably going to be about 1.9 to 2 million by the end of this month, for sure.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 So it is just growing insanely fast. It's like everyone you talk to has a podcast of their own these days. And it is like back in the days when the blogs Mm -hmm. were starting and people were thinking that, oh, yeah. And the other thing I do like about podcast is that the effort it takes to create a podcast is a lot higher than it takes to write a tweet or write a blog so the value is much higher and and the person it's a long form content so when someone listens 80 people listening a podcast of 40 minutes 50 minutes or one hour say it's 80 hours but if it's a 20 second tiktok video to get the same hour of watch time it would take a thousand times more views or something. I'll have to do the exact match, but it it would take a lot more views to get 80 hours of um runtime in in that. So yeah, long form has its own beauty. Yeah. Just thinking about match casts, where do you see the future in the next five years or yeah.
0: That's awesome. Looking that far, I think it's very hard in a medium. I, I feel like just now when you were talking about how social media You know, video and the difference between book and video. It's like, why did we entirely skip audio? I don't even know. For almost the last 20 years, media, video especially, is such a rave that we forgot about audio the last 20 years. But suddenly we are now going backwards and looking at audio now. And then you have Clubhouse, you have podcasts, you have almost everyone talking about how audio is the next media and I, I felt it's interesting. The next five years is going to be interesting. And obviously, in my conversation with a lot of the investors, is we think that podcast is only scratching the surface. And indeed, yeah. it is because then you have Clubhouse, which came on board as a social media platform entirely powered by voices. And then there is more. There is so much more that we haven't even touched. We haven't scratched the surface. Now, the future of all cars are going to be powered. All car manufacturers are now. Working with the likes of Google, the likes of Apple, and they're looking at their in-car entertainment, how that's gonna look like for the next 20 years or more. And I think the next five years, even in-car entertainment space is gonna be very different. You know, how does that look like? One one example, I was just on a call earlier. We were even saying you could literally be driving and it's about dinner time and the weather is not that great, and it knows your favorite food because it already knows plugged into your phone, your directory. It will even tell you, like, where's the nearest restaurant that you can have, make a right turn, and then be able to have your dinner. You'll be asking a lot of conversations. You'll be talking to your assistants, voice assistants on these systems. And they will know your likes and behavior. And does that mean that they will actually know what to push to you whenever the time is right? We were talking a lot about audio ad tech. In future, it could be even like uh, weather, knowing what the weather is, how you're feeling on those weather, what kind of food you will like, and then be able to push to you recommendation based on that. I think we're only scratching the surface. Uh, I think audio has a lot more to go at tech. I think the challenge is that how will audio change when it start invading your home like the way it would be with all your Google Voice and your, your connected devices that's just at home that you're always continuously listening to and how will it change your behavior when you start having connected devices in car i think it's really just literally just scratching the surface and i think there are also excerpts of audio that we haven't really talked about one of the big thing in audio that everyone talks about is sonic branding sonic branding is something that's pretty common in everyone who does any form of audio which means what voices do you instinctively think of when you hear certain sounds? So like the opening up yes. of the soda cans that actually inspires you to want to drink your favorite soda. The, the hearing of some certain iconic tunes. We talk about Netflix running themselves, not having the, having to talk about what Netflix is, but just playing off that, that sound that it does in the intro which is why some of these are very powerful, powerful voices, powerful audio. And you think about that, it actually links to a certain emotions that you have. So I I think we're only scratching the surface. Next five years is about more and more of that personalization of audio that creates an emotions and then be able to look into the audio technology, the voice technology, a lot more advanced to where it is now.
1: Yeah. Very true. I 100% agree having done lots and lots of radio ads back in the days for the e-commerce brand. We spend millions of dollars on radio ads and then all that has been we always look at that, having adding those sort of sounds and things to 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 trigger a certain behavior, and that that is going to as podcasts mature, just like radio had hundred years, and podcast is like ten years now. So, if that, yeah, so yeah, it is. We're going to see a lot of innovation in this space. I have these three questions that I do ask a lot of my guests, and first one is: Is there a book that you are reading right now?
0: Ah, uh, it's a great one. The book that I'm currently reading is actually from, it's called Powerful. It's a book by the Netflix. Uh, I forgot what's the name. Give me a second. Let me just find that. It's a book, actually, we, we asked for all our team members to yes. read. And I actually love it. It's part of our culture. So give me a second. Let me bring it up so that I know I'll be able to share. Yeah, by Patty McCourt. It's called Powerful. So I'm actually rereading it a second time. Oh. Part of the reason is because it's always the book that I go to. When I first started my company, everybody's saying that, hey, Jamie, the first thing you need to really think about is the culture. What kind of culture do you want to set? And then that kind of applies to the kind of, for the people that you hire. And one of the, one of the culture that I really, I think I find myself really enjoy and actually aspire towards is very much the Netflix culture. Yep. So Powerful yep. was written by Patty McCord, who actually helped with, with the whole Netflix culture, the implementation of Netflix culture within their system. And I think what is unique is in the book I had a lot of takeaways. So it's definitely the one book that I, I go to and now I'm rereading it again for a second time, just so to see how we are growing in the new year. What kind of yes. what kind of changes would that make for the company?
1: Oh, that's great. You sold the book to me. (laughs) I'll put the link to the book under wherever this goes in the show notes. The second question is that who is the business leader that you follow at the moment? Or who's that one business leader?
0: Oh, great question. I don't think I actually follow any business leader. uh, Or, Or
1: that you aspire to or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. I think I read a lot about Steve Jobs and, uh, yes. and and about, obviously, in the early days of the Silicon Valley and about Bill Gates. Yeah. I read a lot of that. Over the years, I think the, then there's always the Elon Musk fan.
1: Were you in the clubhouse
0: yesterday? No, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't.
1: It, was, it was fun. It was Elon Musk and pretty much all the who's who of Silicon Valley was there. And then even Vlad from Robin Hood was there and Elon interviewed Vlad and it was amazing. It was gold. It was history was made yesterday.
0: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. So Elon was on the Clubhouse app itself.
1: Yeah, Elon was on the clubhouse and he was being interviewed and Mark Andreessen from A6, Andreessen Horowitz, lots of people were interviewing him and asking him questions and, and then Gary Tan and lots, lots of people have asked him questions and then, and then later on Vlad came on. Vlad is the CEO of Robin Hood with everything going on at the moment and then Elon interviewed Vlad on clubhouse and the room was full. So there were overflow rooms and even all the overflow rooms were full. There were like 12 rooms going on because they never anticipated that so many people will come on. Because as soon as Elon tweeted that I'm going on Clubhouse, it just, the site was, became, it became unstable and started crashing because it got swarmed with people. And and it's now become mainstream because there's not many places where you can be in the same room, even though it's just audio, same place as Mark Andreessen and Elon Musk and Vlad and, and 5,000 other VCs um, from Silicon Valley at the same time. So it was special. It was, yeah, it was epic listening to them live.
0: Yeah, it was. That's the reason why Clubhouses is, is where it is. It's the ability to bring all these people and then speaking to you directly, which I, I think even if you video stream live, it doesn't have the same impact. it's you know, yes. just right there like being able and you're listening in you're able to just at the press of a button be able to kind of chip in and ask question right there on stage even though you're not typically present it's amazing
1: yeah. And it's also because it is live. It has its own value because I'm sure from Singapore, the word kiasu or like for other people, it's FOMO. It's the FOMO fear of missing out. And it's if you don't tap in, listen in now, you'll miss out on this thing. It's only live while it is live. So that has played a, a huge role. And, and I can see Clubhouse being insanely big in yeah. future. So yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. It's yeah. always interesting coming back to what you asked around who I follow right now. I don't think it's a one person. Yeah. So there are two types of entrepreneur. There is the entrepreneur who has raised a lot of fun and gotten famous, and like the likes of that I just mentioned Bill Gates, Steve yes. Jobs, Visionary, and Elon Musk. But recently I've been following a group of different types of entrepreneurs uh, yeah. that build products or either product type service that is making it profitable without yes. having to raise funds. And they're interesting. So yeah. they are like people who basically power your design. It could be powering your productivity. And I yes. think in some part of the world, I'm a big fan of Notion. So yes. I've been also following the Notion founder's journey, how initially they had a failed product and then they repaid it and then got into where they are now. So I would say, yeah, I've been a a sort of a semi-fan of these folks and I've been following their stories a little bit, Uh, the likes of Notion, the likes of uh, Rome Research, the likes of all the entrepreneurs who build a profitable business without raising lots and lots of funds as well. Sam, I think you're on mute though.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I think Notion did raise a lot of money. I think they did raise around 68 million US or something like that. And I would say it would be same for Rome and nice. a, a lot of them, or pretty much most of them. If you go to any any country and you take the top 50 startups or any major state in US, take the top 50 startups, they'd all be funded to to a large amount, like probably 99. It's, it is, I have seen though, that in a certain segment like B2B SaaS, if you find a niche and you have just automated one process that no one else is doing, you can get to revenue positive and build it that way. Or it's a productized service, as you said, then you get cash flow very early in the game. Um, yeah.
0: So I've been following a couple. There's been, so I've belonged to a group where they talk about just productized service. Yes. And it's always interesting to hear about like how the founders of Design Joy would then have yes. 40000 months a month without raising any amount of money. Yeah. So that, that type of uh, interest for me, I think it's a bit different. Just yes. listening into the likes of Notions, founders, and then versus the product high service. Yeah, I've been following quite a fair bit of those. Yeah. Oh, well, that's
1: yeah. very cool. That's very cool. And like last question is our second to last is what would you do differently if you had to start all over again in your match cast journey?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. If I were to do, we've only been around for about a year. If I were to do anything differently in the beginning,
1: yes. probably. Or if you're starting now, say, let's say you're starting today's day one, you've had this idea, you want to build match cast. What would you do that will be in a different way that's, than you did before?
0: I might actually just do a clubhouse version for (laughs) Asia. Makes sense. It makes sense. Totally makes sense. Uh, you know, and there then, has
1: been a demand for Clubhouse in Korean because there are now people translating it and all that because so many South Koreans have wanted to join and stuff. And Singapore is different. Singapore, Malaysia and all this English or Philippines English is not a problem. But some places where English is not that widely used, there is a huge opportunity waiting yeah. <laughs>
0: no absolutely yeah i was just talking about this i think clubhouse will take a while before well you said what we said there's a very big fomo among the the general like you and i where we speak english and you know that's absolutely fine but if you want to converse in in chinese or just mandarin or in tagalog or in Bahasa you're not going to find crowds in clubhouse very well But that doesn't mean that it's discounted. It's just that what would clubhouse will take years to come to Asia. And then by the time people build Bahasa, would they be able to even find that, that their tribe were on there? So I yeah. think, yeah, that definitely warrants, I think. And I won't be surprised if there's a bunch of people already. I yeah, can
1: guarantee you, every yeah. country. I know because there were, yesterday, there were Korean groups and stuff who were having discussions later on after Elon's thing. They were after party rooms. And then because not everyone is proficient in English, and then they were like translating it for other people who missed out and stuff and, and all sorts of things. And they were all talking about, oh, there is a huge need, need to be, build this. And there's so many tech startups. Up, people in clubhouse at the moment that yeah it is gonna be the ecosystem is gonna grow (laughs) and similar apps are gonna come out and every company is trying their hand at it like twitter is trying spaces to compete and all that so everyone's looking at this everyone knows the phenomenon exists and it's real yeah
0: yeah. absolutely and i think even for plug-in recently i was reading about a a company i think Soft. Softer, Softr, S O F T R, it raised about 2.4 million by working on top of Airtable. So think of Airtable. They basically just built a platform on top of Airtable, which allows you to basically create websites off of Airtable create apps off of Airtable. And they raised about $2.4 million. During the COVID-19, I've already seen a lot of companies that started building add-on translation, add-on recording, add-on meeting notes collection off of uh, Google Meet. You know, yes. you can build something like that. Can you imagine caption for Clubhouse? For Clubhouse, automated uh, translation, transcript off of Clubhouse. Things like that. I would imagine there would be a demand for that, for sure.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if anyone, any tech startup entrepreneur listening to this, there you go. You've got an idea to go and build.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. But coming back to MatchCast, if I were twelve years, uh, twelve months back, I would have. I think a lot of the decisions, looking back at it, I wouldn't have known what I know yeah. if I, I didn't make that mistake. So yeah. almost difficult to discount the mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but I've had a very new view of podcasting landscape very differently, and this is a bit of uh, having been working on this for twelve months. I think the ecosystem is still very bad, and the fact that the you know, acquisitions of Spotify by all, of, of Spotify to all these different companies doesn't help the ecosystem. I think traditionally, I think there's two problem facing podcasting landscape. One is the tech itself is quite old. Yes, uh, it's based on an RSS
1: feed. RSS feed. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's yes, exactly.
0: Controlled by Apple, which is a bit disinterested in making the RSS feed better. Rubbish in, rubbish out. Right? If your yes. rubbish in is RSS feed, which sometimes is rubbish, you get rubbish out. There's very little data finesse that you can that's
1: being passed before. around.
0: Yeah, um, that's. And then the other thing is 1.9 million podcasts, while great. We also track the $1.9 Essentially, I can only tell you that only 38% of that is actually advertisable inventory. 38% of that.
1: That's pretty high. I I thought it'd be less than 5%. In
0: actual certain markets where it's exciting, so look at Taiwan. Taiwan only has probably about 5,000 podcast titles, but its activity rate is 78%, which means every single podcast potentially... Is active, eager, going out, being listened to, actively acquiring listeners and therefore potential for advertisers. But if you look at the global landscape at 1.9 million, only 38%, that's not fantastic because it means that only 38% of them are actually not past episodes, are actually new episodes or continuing active episodes in the last 90 days. So that is only relevant to advertisers. So I think landscape-wise, it's it's not great. It's much smaller than you think, uh, as opposed to one point nine million. So in the twelve months I've been working on MatchCast, I think we are trying to ring fence some of these, and it's always been interesting. But I think the bullishness of the entire podcasting landscape is still great. The challenge yeah. is can we get past the old technology? Everyone's looking. Will Apple do something? Will Spotify do something? I'm not sure. I think maybe it requires a rejolt of the entire ecosystem. We're always thinking like if you're today creating a new hosting platform for a podcaster, rethink that RSS because it's bad. Some of the information on that RSS is restrictive and it's really poorly done up. So maybe there is room for an RSS version that needs to be out there. Yeah. So 12 months in, I think these are some of the questions I'm asking. Not necessarily, I think I would have done differently. But these are questions that I find myself asking more and more just because I'm in the industry right now.
1: Those are some amazing insights. I'm sure you have saved some people jumping in this industry 12 months of time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not easy. It's really not easy uh, to build a podcasting company to build an audio first, which is why recently in my LinkedIn, I'm so excited whenever a new company is coming in and building something fantastic out of it, be it whether it's in Taiwan or in Asia, because then while we are the first, we don't want to be the only one. It's so tough being in the game to be the only one. The more people are talking about it, the better it is for the entire industry.
1: Yeah, it is. And most people don't understand that it is good. So just if you have a food court and you have a stall in the food court, it'll do better. But if it's a random food stall in other part of a mall or somewhere random just by itself, it won't do as well. So in fact, competition like this sort of thing helps because they're all slightly differentiated doing different things, but they're all creating the noise and hype for that medium.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right.
1: Yep. Before we go, I have one final question, and that is, what is your ask? Are are you looking for anything? Are you looking for advertisers, podcasters, investors, team members, anything? (laughs)
0: <laughs> all of the above
1: <laughs> all of the above
0: <laughs> <laughs> well so we are raising so we are raising yes. our round right now I think you were one of the few podcasts that actually asked us are you guys raising so yes we are we're looking at raising around this year so we, we won a very aggressive last year I think this is the year uh, we're looking to raise around. I won't disclose much of the numbers unless it's That's common. Fine. That's always changing. Uh, yes. I brought on board someone to support me in terms of fundraising. So this is the year. So if you're interested, I guess it's a call out. If you're interested in investing in a podcasting-based startup or a, an audio advertising platform, please reach out to us. That said, two, we're taking a lot of that money basically yes. to grow our our BD team. So yes. this is all just a year for raising money for MatchCast. It's also the year that we are growing. So we spent a lot of last year building a platform. So we have both our uh, sort of discovery and insights tool, which marketers and brands are looking at using to identify the right podcast that to work with. But we've also built an amazing ads campaign platform now that basically gives you an ability to buy into any, not just podcasts, audio inventory around Southeast Asia, and even into games as well. So we're actually looking at that bit. So growth is really the key. So we're looking for, we're hiring for roles, obviously in the uh, accounts and sales league that's able to work with brands and agencies to build great media campaign on audio. We're hiring for those roles. It's a remote, we're a remote first company. So basically it doesn't matter where you sit as long as you're plus minus uh, three hours away from Singapore. So it doesn't disrupt your sleep too much. Yes. Uh, yeah we're definitely hiring for that role we also have roles in content marketing as well as uh, growth marketing that we're looking at to bring on board so that's of any relevance please reach out to MatchCast. and then last but not least yes advertisers always so we work really well with brands and agencies who are who have part of the media budget so you're, you have part of a media budget where you're spending across channels like YouTube and or radio or audio, but then you really wanted a very unique one where you could work with one party like Matchcast to actually run all your audio campaign. And we actually find that a lot of the brands and uh, marketers don't really know how to leverage audio really well. Audio can be used for multiple great, fantastic campaigns, that perception. You want to change a perception of your consumer, you can't really do that via video. Actually, audio is a really great way when it's it actually read by a host to tell you that, hey, you're uncomfortable with, you were just telling me about your platform. You're uncomfortable with stock buying. But you know what okay. if you, know, you do this and that gives you an outlet? Or why yeah. does this work? It's very good for that kind of perception change that we find that's really good. It's very good for brand lift. It's also very good for increasing the brand awareness So audio obviously have this sublime way of reaching the inner part of your brain, right? You watch something, it's actually visceral. But when you hear something, the next time you hear it, it, you recognize it automatically. And we think that's really great for top of the line brand recognition. So yeah, we would love to talk to more brands and more advertisers who's really trying to find their space in this audio advertising landscape. And that's where Matchcast could help. Oh, fantastic.
1: That's really good to hear. And I will put all the links to all your platform, your own profile and everything so people can reach out to you and continue this conversation further. I want to thank you, Jamie, for your time. It's been um, excellent talking with you and wish you best of luck for your funding. Hopefully you guys get oversubscribed.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Sam. Really appreciate that.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of want money got money with sam kamani hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business if you haven't already please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform
0: it would be extremely helpful and i just cannot tell you how much i would appreciate that